Very welcome to the podcast today. This is the Sober Mess podcast, and my name is Colin. And I am very pleased to announce I have a very good friend on the podcast today. Uh, he's also an advocate for mental health. He's as well a decent baller, having graced the Premier League and uh, having over 16 caps for the Republic of Ireland. He's also played the Irish. League with Shamrock Rovers and Pats. He's also a native of Tallaght, but we won't hold that against him. <laughs> very pleased, and it's an absolute pleasure to have me, good pal Keith Fatty, on the podcast today. Keith, how are you doing, pal? I'm doing good today, Collie. Thanks for having me on. Um, and yeah, good little intro there. I'll fill exactly. my way into it myself. <laughs> Just tell us great for Harps and the footballers, though, isn't it? It's like you, you, yourself, you've Richard Dunn, Robbie Kane. Like, there's, there's two types of people that come from talent people that either go on to get cap for Ireland or people that wear their pajamas to the square. We- yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I grew up here, obviously, in talent. Um, played loads of football as a kid, you know, local, played me school, played out the road, always playing football as a child, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's produced a few footballers in fairness. Jason Gavin, Stephen Bradley, Graham Barrett. Uh, some good ballers from up this way. Now, I'm from the posh pad, I must say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fancy spot, yeah. the butlers. Yeah. Well, come yeah. here. And, look, and did you know, like, from a really young age, that, like, um, you're, like, you're going to be, like, you're going to go far with playing the football? Like, like what age did you realise? Like, and did you start get that like, kind of attention in, like, the football and scene? Um, I think when I was like, like I said, there, I started playing football because it was a game and I loved it. I loved how the ball moved and all that. I was just fascinated with the football. And then obviously I was decent at a practice, practice, practice. And when I started playing with my local side time and bond, I always end up playing up a couple of years, like, yeah, a couple of years older and stuff. And uh couple of times I'd, I'd end up playing on my brother's team and all it was two and a half years older and stuff and but then it was when I went to Cherry Orchard went to a, a bigger club kind of and I never really believed in myself I never believed how good I was or that like that but mm. I obviously I obviously done well and I could see other lads used to go away on trials and all that you know like to England I'd be like I never even thought I'd get a chance to go on a trial you know what I mean and then um, club started calling to ask me away to go on trials and stuff and I was like right so I must be okay like I'd like that I never really believed in myself I always thought Jesus I didn't play well or I won't be asked back and all that type of stuff you know mm-hmm. mm, so I ended up uh, going on trials probably about 14 13, 14 and I was away most weekends and breaks from school and all it was constantly back and forth uh to England like you know what I mean? 
Yeah, and I, look, I say that was like, I say that was tough from that age. You know what I mean? To have that kind of expectation on you. You know what I mean? That you're kind of like you're trying to I suppose impress people, and because it can be a kind of at that age be a cruel game, can't they? In terms of just trying <laughs> to get seen by clubs and trying to prove and you're good yeah. enough. And you, you said it there, you know, even though, even though you're getting trolled, you still had an element of feeling like a bit of a low self-esteem coming in. Yeah, yeah, like, I think the age I started going away, uh, it kind of, like, I wasn't aware of how competitive the whole uh, industry is, like, and it really was changing, kind of, uh, as I was doing it, you know what I mean? I played it because it was a game, it was fun, I used to, like, it was a great outlet for me, you know what I mean? Mm. And then when I eventually made the move across, I was 15, just come 15, I went to Arsenal, I noticed a big change very suddenly and it was like, this is now your job and you've coaches screaming at you and stuff like that, people competing for your place and um, going away before that actually on trials and all. I just always felt intimidated, you know, by the characters yeah. and all that. And they were only kids. Like, looking back, they're only the same as everyone else. But I always yeah. felt inferior to everyone else, you know what I mean? No, I hear that. So, like, it, yeah. it was coming more as a job. It wasn't as fun anymore. It was kind of more as a job and kind of trying to tick boxes and, and like, impress people and things like that. Yeah, as soon as I went away, when I, when I signed for Arsenal, I went away and it was literally... Overnight, it turned into a job, like, and it was my job. Like, I was 15 years of age, I was away from home, and I was uh, employed to play football. And it, it was, uh, it was tough, very tough, you know, because, um, I just found you know, coaches shouting at you and stuff like that. And I'd be like, Jesus, like, what's this all about? Like, I didn't really have that in Ireland, like, you know, yeah, yeah, um, and I, I would have been. Like, wouldn't have had the greatest confidence in myself, so I felt like I had to fight. I had to fight back, you know, like, fuck you or fuck off you or whatever, you know, that was my attitude, you know. But yeah. I was, like, it was, I was fucking probably hurting underneath it all, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's mad, look, and it doesn't matter what the job is, if you want to grow up and be a plecking a plumber or an astronaut or walk in the zoo or be a gardener or a professional footballer, like you still have all the same stresses and anxieties, you know, trying to, yeah. like, you know, when you're trying to fit in with your kind of colleagues and things like that and impress your boss or your manager and, you know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. like I would have always had a strive to do well or to let people know, look, I matter, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. maybe that was a, a lack in, in something. Uh, in childhood, I don't know, but it was like I'll show these now. It matter like in football, like mm. like it started out as a game and then it became something else. And I was like, right, I'm kind of stuck doing this now. I don't enjoy it, yeah, but I'm stuck in right. it. I'm not good at anything else, and I suppose I better stay at it. Like you know, when I had yeah. a I, I had a different path than most in football. Like I went away. I done a lot of messing about, drinking and all that as a child, and yeah. um, and I ended up getting myself into trouble and stuff. And I came home then, and then ended up going back to England, thank God. Like, and um, mm. so that was kind of my journey, and it wasn't like as that straightforward. All the bits in between, it was tough, very, very, very tough. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because remember that, like, you were you were playing for Birmingham for a while, weren't you? And then and then you came back and you were playing for Pats, was it? 
I um <clears throat> I'll give you a little outline of my career path. It was away to Arsenal at fifteen. I left Arsenal after a year and a half because I thought the club had, <laughs> thought there was something wrong with the club. So he says, I am over here. I'm going to another club. I went to the other club and I thought there was something wrong with that club as well. But then <laughs> then I ended up coming home at about nineteen uh about nineteen twenty. I played at Pats and then uh I ended up going back to Birmingham at around twenty-five. Like I done really well while I was here, you know. So and then I went back for another about four and a half, five years. And then come back again. So it's been back and forward all the time, like you know what I mean. It's man, it's like that thing, like the, the grass is always greener on the other side. If we go over there, we'll be happier. If we do this, we'll be happier. That's and then it's like, really, it's, yeah. It's like that thing, you know. We're always trying to get away from ourselves, yeah. but any oh, yeah. there effect. I'm like, you know? yeah, every room I walk in, there's something wrong in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's grass, and we do the exact yeah. same thing, man. Yeah. Geographicals all the time. If we switch this job, or if we can go over here, if we travel over there, and then eventually you go, and this is the greatest thing ever. And then you slowly start to pick holes, and and then it's yeah. the worst thing ever. And then you have to move again. Yeah. But it was just something new starting to come out. You know, that's yeah. what I, I used to, all the stuff that was coming out with me. That was just yeah. For me, look, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Look, I I can realize that now looking back, but at the time. I was 15, 16 years of age. I thought, I don't like this place. I want to move. Like, I thought it was that simple. You know what I mean? I'd signed a contract yeah. for four years. And it was just like, hey, excuse me, I don't like this here. I want to go. Like, real, it was real immature childish behavior. But look, I didn't know any better, Carly. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I, like, I came from a background of, like, a broken home, kind of. I wouldn't have had, like, uh, emotional maturity growing up. I wouldn't have, yeah. like, been shown all that and, and what way to properly, whatever properly is, live life, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I kind of, um, I acted out in ways. I was always looking for someone to probably, I don't know, take care of me or something. And I just, uh, yeah. you know, like, and I just, I, I didn't, deal with things I mean my father God rest him let me make my own mistakes you know like he was always mm. there as much as he could but he let me make my own decisions and make my own mistakes and I, just, I made a lot of them but I'm very thankful that he did as well you know yeah. that's powerful isn't it there's great wisdom in that because I find that it's only through making our own mistakes that we learn like how many times do I have to touch that hob and then I realise hey, this doesn't work or yeah. how many times do I need that cold sack before they finally accept that it's a cold sack, you know. Yeah, yeah. Painful lessons, man, that we get the I suppose the best experiences from. Yeah, definitely. Pain is a great teacher. Yeah, (laughs) it's a cruel teacher. Yeah. But that's mad. But and come here, look and like would they have things in place for like professional footballers with mental health? (laughs) things in place to kind of help you to cope with the demands of being out because it's like as soon as you're up there man it's, it's, it's really difficult for a footballer you know because you have all that criticism getting thrown at you you know you're, you're going up onto the headlines yeah. your fans get abused your managers shouting at you you know yeah, yeah. is even giving you a hard time like how do you just handle that sort of pressure yeah like firstly as a child I don't remember ever being I don't know it could have been uh, but I don't remember anyone ever saying to me, look, are you okay? Do you need some help or, or something? Like, you know what I mean? As a child, so there wouldn't be that much awareness of, of mental health and all that sort of stuff as there is yeah. nowadays. Now, and 
when I was in Birmingham, um, I ended up, I think my dad died, God rest him, uh, in 2009. And I had just gone back over to England and I was there a few months. And like, obviously I was, I was traumatised. I was grieving and all after it and stuff. And I ended up speaking to a counsellor over there. Um, and it was literally just because of the major incident that was at my dad's at the time, and like it was pretty obvious I needed mm. I needed someone to talk to, you know what I mean? And yeah. um, that was the probably the only reason why. Like I don't know whether people knew I would have I would have struggled all my life, Collie. Like you know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. just because of that one situation. There's certain things that nearly bring stuff to the surface for me, you know what I mean? And yeah. that was one thing. And I ended up speaking to the counsellor over there. And I still kind of keep in touch with him now. Um, and it was like, I'm only ending up doing this because of what's just happened. But it was, uh, I'm sure there's things in place. Now, I'd like to think there is that, like, I don't, I think it has to kind of come to the person as well. But, you know, people around must see that, there's something going on with this fella or something. I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then you're afraid, Collie, as well, because you're playing professional football. If, if you put your hand up and say, look, I'm struggling here, I'm struggling. This is your welfare as well. And, you know, like, yeah. I used to think, Jesus, money will fix me. And, you know, and when I started then a few bob when I was over there, it didn't fix me, you know. So mm. there's a whole lot of fear as well around putting your hand up and saying, look, I need help. Yeah. And it's it's mad, isn't it? And you, and you even I say that about fix me. Look, I remember even when I was in second class, daydreaming about being playing in the Premier League for United, or playing for Ireland. And if we ever do that, I'd I'd, I'd be happy and I'd make yeah. it, you know. And yeah. I was eight years old and it was about twenty stone, and we couldn't kick snow <laughs> for ropes. So it was a proper dream. But even at that, you think, oh, if we get this lifestyle, then I'll be happy. And this is yeah. what we need. To be happy. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. on the inside. It doesn't matter your your career or your your wealth or you know the amount of fucking admiration you get, no matter where you go. If you can't kind of like who we are on the inside and learn to kind of find that bit of happiness and satisfaction within you, yeah. you know it doesn't matter about the stuff on the outside. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. But we, I think we have to try all them things to nearly prove to our innermost selves that. Yeah, it doesn't really matter what's going on the outside. Like, people looking at me would have said, Oh, this fella, he played in Premier League, played for Royal. So, why would he have any problems? You know what I mean? And then I put I put on the front that my life is perfect. I'm driving a nice yeah. car, I just got the house painted. Look, everything's great from the outside, but if you come into the fucking house, you might feel something differently. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so that's all it. That, like, yeah, um, <laughs> I heard a lady say once, so she felt like Brown Thomas on the outside and Tesco. <laughs> Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, and like, and what's that like? So when you're going out to play, man, I was wondering this about footballers. Like, how do you keep calm with that? And like, look, like, I, I would have suffered from social anxiety, and even going yeah. out to like, going out to nightclubs and just crowds of people. You was always going to make me a bit nervous. Like, how do footballers going to play at that level? And and as well be able to cope with the amount of eyes and fans and people looking at you playing and shouting abuse and how do you stay calm and stay informed like that under pressure? Like? Yeah, I like again growing up football. Like when I had a ball at my feet, I was pretty natural. Like you know, because I had spent hours and hours and hours as a child with a tennis ball and always everywhere I went, I had a football. So. It was nearly like my safety blanket, you know what I mean? Everywhere I went, yeah. I had a football. And so it never really 
I was never really in fear with a football at my feet. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I wouldn't say I could take on the world or anything like that. I'm not Messi or Ronaldo, but I was never in fear. Like I, I was always uh, comfortable with a football at my feet. But there was times like that when I went to a bigger stage and my dad died. I remember I went through a spell of being like not being full of anxiety and just oh Jesus to go out in front there's thirty thousand here today and what if I do this and then you know like I was talking earlier about like that kind of push things I struggled with a lot of anxiety after that do you know what I mean yeah. like I brought everything to the surface so uh, how did I deal with it I went to see a counselor and stuff like that and I've kind of just kept. I was very safe when I went away anyway with the football, but mm-hmm. I just I kept it even more safe. And then you're being ridiculed or criticized for being a negative player or not w- willing to take chances and stuff, you know. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's all relevant. I think, like, you know, like people talk about football just in, in the one kind of area, it's all relevant life experiences and all that, where you're from. What way I brought up and all, and I like that's been my experience of life. That's what I really think it all has a profound effect on on how you are and whatever you're doing, you know. Yeah, and in like the environment you're in, growing yeah, up, like absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, like that's mad that you say it. And like, and would like players like even in the dressing room and stuff like that after games, like, would you would would players ever open up about like their mental health or how they're feeling? And you know, would any or would it depend on the person or is it just something that's not talked about? Is it just a stigma or is it real private? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember opening up um in the dressing room with anyone around like that. You know, there's a big yeah. fear. I just know my own experience. I was always afraid of letting people know how I really was. I didn't know how I really was myself anyway. Because yeah. you know, yeah. I, I, I done stuff to escape how I felt, and I would have never known how I was. You know, so um, yeah. I don't know what, what's like these days. You know, so uh, I would like to think that. Like, I have no problem I'm on the podcast here talking about how I feel now, but that's taken a lot of work for me to get to this point, you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. Um, for years like that, I was just afraid. Don't say I am. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%, man. And look, I've never looked at that myself. I've never going out with the lads. Yeah. Look, feeling like shy on the inside and not knowing how to even open up and talk and thinking, is anyone else feeling like this? But you just got on with it, you know? You'd yeah. be a little bit anxiety and depression. And yeah. it's not, because no one, even understand the language to try and explain. Like you said, telling lads, "Hey, I'm feeling a bit depressed." Like, hey, this fella needs another point or something. Yeah, like like, yeah. You never walk up to the barman and say, "Hey, give us a point there." I'm feeling insecure. We look. Yeah, I think a lot of people get uncomfortable when you say, if "Someone says, how are you doing?'" And you turn around and say, "I'm not doing well today. I'm pretty, I'm riddled, I'm riddled with anxiety." You just see that face go. Uh, uh, like, and then yeah. people, I think people feel they need to fix you. Like, it's not yeah. you've, asked, you've asked me how I am, I've let you know I'm not looking for you to bring me an ambulance around and just tell you how I am. I'm not lying to you anymore. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's mad. Like, and like, did you feel them um, like anti climaxes? Like, I know that like, when you set a goal and you're like, right, if I reach there, then I'll be worthy and then I'll like who I am, then people will approve of me like what's that like you for you getting your first car for Ireland or something like that but that being a goal yeah. and then as soon as you hit it then it's like you're sitting there in the silence and you're like right I still feel the same I was expecting to feel amazing like yeah I like 
I I never thought I'd play for Ireland anyway because of me holding any and all that. And I am like obviously I, I did then, but when I played for Ireland, I we played a couple of friendlies out in the RDS. My mm. head, my head told me, so that's not a real debut. That's the RDS, and that's a friendly <laughs> against fucking Algeria, Paraguay. I'm not even sure which one. So you look. And then, like, yeah, you won't be called back now. I could never enjoy it. Like, I was never, ever okay. able to give myself credit. Like, you know, credit, like, well done, yeah. be proud of yourself. It was like, that's not a real bleeding game. You fucking idiot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's mad, isn't it? Because no, I can yeah. identify so much with that. We're just that inner critic, man, that no matter what we do, we still have that critic following me around. Like, you can score a hat-trick and fucking... And but that one shot that hit you hit the post, you'd be obsessing yeah. how you hit the post and how yeah. shy you were. Yeah. That, that, I've never fucking scored a hat trick in my life, man. Maybe <laughs> playing playing fucking after or something between their tails. But uh, <laughs> you know, it it was yeah, it's mad. We can still be that that even no matter what we do, we can still have that critic in our heads. Like and yeah. like did, did you find that over time, you were able to kind of quieten that and like look at the facts. As I hear, look, I'm playing at a high stage. I'm playing with some of the best players in the world. It must be good. It must be good at football. Oh, God. I don't think I did when I was playing, Collie. You know, like, I didn't have the, uh, what way could you call it? I didn't have the consciousness to kind of to sit and, and look around and take the facts in and go, I'm here. I deserve to be here. You know what I mean? I was always yeah. inferior. Jesus, like, uh, he's going to play ahead of me. Oh, I didn't do that right. Uh, well, that was constant, constant, constant. Every dressing room, like I say every dressing room, that's a lie. When I was playing in Ireland, like you talk about confidence or being sure of yourself, I would have had an ego, you know, like so mm. I was like, I'm far better. I was either far better than everyone or far worse than everyone. You know mm. what I mean? So, yeah, the, uh, the inferiority complex. Yeah. That's what I'm doing a job. One day I think we should be running the place, and the next day I'm expecting to get me P45, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, um, yeah it's only now, like, um, looking back in with a bit of a clearer head, you know, like, I, I'm not at the stage where I'd be proud of, of myself, really, being honest with you. I kind of, I'm saying, Jesus, how did I do that? I'm questioning how did that happen? How, how did that happen? Like, you know what I mean? Some... Yeah. And then I'm then I'm trying to give the credit to something or someone else like Asha that was luck yeah. or that was God or, or something like yeah. that you know what I mean? And and it's mad and I don't know if that's like an, an Irish culture thing where we can't big ourselves up because you're 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 it's you're, it's it's rude or it's arrogant to say hey I'm a good person or I'm good at this you know what I mean? And you know it's mad that we can't give ourselves a little pat on the back and validate ourselves because I think we're culturalized that way. We're not oh you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to say that about yourself. That's wrong. That's that's ignorant. That's arrogant. You know, you're meant to like just take it on the chin and not to promote how how good you are at something like. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're not. I don't think we're great at taking the compliments and stuff. You know, like, um, yeah. I'd be just afraid of feeding the ego now. It's like, oh, let's just be careful. <laughs> don't get too excited. I don't get too loud. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's it. But I think behind every ego or behind like any ego maniac, man, it's insecurity. You know, it's driven by insecurity. And yeah. we need to promote that we don't have enough of our I'm insecure about. You know, so like your man Jay, you just watch in between us and your man Jay's talking about <laughs> all the girls mooching. But a lot of times that's what it could be with anything, you know, that you're promoting something because you're insecure about it. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you need to prove your self worth. 
And like, did you like you know when they talk about players being in form and out out of form? Like, did you have anything to kind of help you? Because you can see some players and they're like they're absolutely like, they're completely different depending on their form, which is totally in the heads. And you see, there's a lot more like sports psychology coming into 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 play now rather than just the fitness and how far you can run. It's more yeah. about like getting into the mindset. How can you stay calm or how yeah. can you play to your max ability? Like depending on your form. Yeah, yeah, like talk about sports psychology and all. I'd love to be inside Cristiano Ronaldo's mind. Like, I'd love to see the cogs turning in his brain. Like, you know what I mean? Because, um, like, how driven he is, how, like, look at Jesus, the stuff he's done in his football career, where he's come from, all that type of thing. Um, I don't know, sports psychology, I personally just. Like I had a drive, I'll show you. Like I played, I'll show you. I mean, like I've had, like when I played, I came back from Aston Villa, got released, um, when I was nineteen, twenty years of age, and uh, I had suicide attempts on me on, on my own life, Collie as well. You know, and mm. that would have that would have just again reconfirmed you're not good enough. Rejection, abandonment. I have them issues as well behind me. So that nearly reconfirmed. Nobody wants you. Do you know what I mean? Mm, so I like yeah. I was always in a battle. I was always in a battle with myself, first and foremost. But I never realised that I thought it was everyone else. I thought it was all you. Like, you know, like yeah. I have to, I have to fight everyone. So I had that kind of attitude. Like they talk about resilience as well. Look. Uh, I will be pretty resilient when it comes to it. I'm pretty soft as well. Like, I, I'd like to blade and layer up and say I'm full of army and I'm a hard fucker, but I'm not. I'm soft behind it all, you know. So mm. um, I think taking them knocks and all in football, I was like, Jesus, I have to prove to everyone that I'm good enough here. Like, you know, and I did. Like, And that's why recently, look, I, I've done a bit of coaching recently and I've decided it's not for me, like. It's not for me because yeah. that you get out of football having been in it for professionally for 20 years or whatever it is, and you start coaching, and it's just as bad that competitiveness. That, um, I'll be careful what I say, but it's just not nice to be around it, you know what I mean? I don't need to yeah. prove to anyone anymore, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah, oh, I hear that, man. And, and did you find like over your playing career that? You tried to wear them masks. Like you said, you, you weren't a tough guy, but did you feel like you had to pretend you were at times? Because I, like, I felt those certain times that well, I, wasn't, I wasn't a tough guy, but I had to try to prove to people, you know, and yeah. doing the boxing, yeah. doing this, I played a hard man, just because I thought that, because I was so terrified on the inside that I thought if we put on this mask or this show that no one would ever find out. Find yeah. out. I had that phony syndrome. Like, did you feel you did a bit of that in the, playing the football? Looking back now, Collie, I would say yeah. But while it was while it was going on, I just thought this is me. Like mm. this is who I am. And when I strip it all back now, having done a lot of work and all that, like I'm really like I'm sensitive underneath it all. Like all that armory, say whatever it is, if it's a blade and drinking, if it's thoughts, actions, behaviors to force people away. When you get behind all that. I'm a very vulnerable, fucking afraid, like insecure yeah, um, yeah. person. Like, you know what I mean? And, That's it. It's mad. And you feel mad. Like, you even try this open with the people and say you're sensitive. Because someone before, if they said to me, are they a sensitive person? We'd imagine you 
fucking sitting at home wearing a dress watching Sex in the City. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's a fuck. I dress, Colin. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know that, that's mad. Yeah, and come yeah. here, what, what did you find was your biggest motivator? Because I know you said that over time it wasn't fun anymore and it was just work. Like, what motivated you to keep showing up to games and to train? Oh my God, yeah. The yeah. Was it still your love for the game? Or did you want to get better? Or, like, what was your motivator? Yeah, what was the motivator? The motivator, I think, as a child was because it was fun. It was a game. I loved the football. And I suppose um, it kind of changed as I went on. Like, um, motivator then nearly became it's the only thing I can do for, for a certain amount of time. I stuck at it. I had to keep going. There was a lot of times I didn't turn up for training, Collie. So, um, yeah. And then... Then the motivator became right money. I seen other people motivated me, Collie. I seen people going away when I was about 24, 25, and I said, I'm better than them. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And that drove me then, that motivated me. So then it was money. And then mm. I bleeding started in a few bob and I was like, what is my was just cause I was doing I had to sustain. I thought, right, what's motivating me now? Long term uh security, financial security. And that motivated me, you know, and, okay. and that, it just completely ran its course. And um, what motivates me now for football? I barely watch football, Cully. You know, like it's yeah. it's a strange. I was only talking. I mentioned the last couple of days. It's a strange thing that it's like I'm being drawn somewhere else, you know. And um, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, I think different things motivate me in life now. You know, as time goes on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I get that. I think as time goes on, it kind of our perspective changes. You know what I mean? Like, what well, what what's motivating us? Like, you could have said at one point it was your love of the game, and yeah. then it was the few bob or anything motivating yeah. it, motivating you. Now it was just to find a bit of peace of mind or a bit of meaning and purpose. Yeah. And, uh, what what you do, like. Yeah, yeah. That's this whole lockdown is um the last few months. It's kind of like at times it's been hard, like, but it's given me. I feel now I'll be careful. <laughs> I don't know that. It's given me a lot of clarity on what's important for me going forward, you know mm, what I mean? And yeah. the things that sometimes, and I can still get caught up since it started back, running around everywhere, quick, quick, quick. It's not mm. that important, like, relax. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, it's, uh, look, yeah, we got that. I'm down in Cork for a few weeks. And yeah. In, like, basically in solitude, but you're, like, you're walking on an animal sanctuary, and you're which are, and it's just, you're just you and nature, and you're getting a kind of chance to just a little bit of meditation and kind of just sit with yourself but yeah. but like that man you realise that during the lockdown is a great opportunity for reflection and to see geez why was I getting so worried about this and what yeah. about that and go because all we ever do was go 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 because I think in the western world the more you can do the better you are the better you are so yeah. if you can do nine instead of six that means you're going to be better at it <laughs> you know what I mean yeah go. And we never like we walk hard, walk hard. But the new thing now is how how hard do we rest? You know, we walk yeah. hard, rest hard. Thing, you know what I mean? Where we learn to sit with ourselves. And I found that it was only when I spent enough time with myself and sitting yeah. in the column that I was like, actually, you know, what? I'm actually a good lad. And then since yeah. I started to be able to do that, I'm able to go try like backpacking on my own, fucking doing a lockdown on my own. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, All these sort of things, man. You know what I mean? Where you actually just start to like who we are. But it's yeah. only because of it, as you said, the lockdown, and that's the silver lining. That a yeah. lot of people 
were freaking out. This being their worst nightmare to be out of routine. And they realised, Jesus, I, I fell in love with this or that or baking or playing the guitar. Or yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I know when the lockdown started, I got a bit of a panic on, oh, how do I get out here? Like, you know, like, and that's just my like, instinct is to escape. Right, yeah. so I, I when I settled down, I was like, right, I can up my meditation, my reflection time, and all, and I can really start the journey inward rather than looking yeah. outwards or constantly looking for stuff like in the material world and all that sort of shit. I took myself off uh, social media, like I was on and off Twitter. I don't really use it that much anyway, but I took myself away from all that. I didn't want any outside distractions, and I started. I do a bit of counselling uh, with my own counsellor started going towards some stuff that I've avoided all my life. You know yeah. what I mean? So I, I use that I use that as a as a platform to nearly like like that you're saying you're isolated, you're 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 on your own. Like what can I do? I'm I'm against me my worst enemy. You know, take yeah. take him on and start start working towards uh whatever like, you know, that's that's what I done and I continue to kind of do that, you know. Yes, man. It's only when we're actually, you know, a lot of people, we, we're constantly running for, away from ourselves. When it's actually, when we sit with ourselves long enough, we can realise, you know what, I'm actually, I'm actually, I actually like who I am, a good dude, you know what I mean? And that's what, even though you remember, like, every time we, I drank, it was just to put on this mask of, of wanting people to like me because I couldn't like myself, you know? Yeah, right? yeah. So I'm going out drinking and, you know, when we're going out with the lads and climbing into a wheelie bin and, and then the, the wheelie bin fell over and all the lads ran over bright and a bollocks laughing at me thought it was great pick me up put their arms around me and said you're a legend that was hilarious and finally I felt accepted and I felt wanted and I felt yeah. like I fitted you know and I was constantly chasing that buzz then it just oh if they like me that means I'm a good person and I like who I am and constantly seeking validation <laughs> you know what I mean on this yeah. search for search for self love essentially yeah 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 I, I, I hear you pal um I would have done similar things as well, you know, like I, I always drank that escape, escape how, how I felt and stuff like that, you know, and like that, never realising until I stopped and doing a good bit of work to look back and realise yeah. why I was doing all this, you know, somewhere at a conscious level, I'm not a bad fella, I, I don't, don't need I think you're the bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that's at a conscious level, but like somewhere deep down in me, I, I feel that I, I need to have that validation. I feel like because I don't validate myself, I don't, re I'm not really at a stage where I'm or like I'm secure in myself, you know. So that yeah. for me now is still, I'm still on that journey of uh, of trying to fix old wounds and all that, you know. And then you get to a stage where you're going, when do I just fucking accept this is who I am as well, you know? Yeah, Constantly smart. striving, yeah. like the. Jeez, there's another thing. There's a label. Fucking, let's just start walking and that. And you're going. What yeah, the fuck? it's mad, isn't it? We, we're the exact same. My problem is, I'm not a slow learner. I'm a quick forgetter. So we know <laughs> when I do these simple things. When I do me a bit of meditation, I see some a bit of exercise, a bit of journaling, a bit yeah. of creativity. They're the things that just make me feel good. And yeah. then instead of me meditation, I'll do. I read a self help book and yeah. instead of me exercise. So is a or fucking uh, you know watches this documentary or you know yeah. we'll always the play shit and do other shit rather than just doing my walks yeah. like the and it's just different strokes or different posts. It's, it's a bit of what kind of inspires you and what kind of lights your soul on fire and what yeah. satisfies you. Yeah, 
you mentioned Jan and there, Collie, right? Like that, I, I, I exercise, I try and eat well, all that type of stuff. I try and get a good night's sleep, all the simple things, right? And uh, I do plenty of meditation, all that. I go speak to people, all that type of thing. And then the journaling you mentioned there, I started doing it during the lockdown and I got great relief of it. Absolutely brilliant. Mm. I was like, right, this will fix me. And then I just stopped doing it. I've done it a couple of times. I stopped doing it. I was like, and then I'm beating myself up for not doing it. I'm going, you mm. should be you should be fucking journaling here. That's helping you. And then I'm going, I'm not going near it. And I make every excuse not to do it. Yeah, and I really yeah. feel that that was uh, definitely benefiting me because you can write, write stuff to yourself, about yourself. It, it's just it yeah. was really brilliant. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, because I found a great help just in the thoughts in my head, just putting them down yeah. on the paper. Because I'm in my head going, geez, what am I going to make for dinner tomorrow? Which is what did John say, mean by that? Or what are we watching Netflix today? Or does my boss like me? Or fucking, you know, all. And then I'm going back to it, geez, what will I make for dinner tomorrow? What yeah. did John say? What are I watching Netflix? Is my family okay? Well, you never sit and, and address a problem. You always jump to the next one, to the next yeah. one, to the next one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Head is just going 90 miles an hour. You're in the middle of Tesco, you don't know where to pick out fairy liquid or fucking a bar yeah. of soap. And yeah, panic attack because your thoughts are going a million miles an hour. And then when you just write stuff down on paper, you can address it and say, Right, this is the action I can take to solve the what I'm going to make for dinner tomorrow. Yeah. And the stuff I'm powerless over that, so I'm just going to hand that over to the universe because I can't do anything about that now. And then when you're able to address the problems, you feel it's kind of relief in your head then, you know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. The relief, that's a, the problem is when with me, anyway, when, when my head starts and there's a few bits going on that I haven't probably taken enough action on, I, I struggle to make them small decisions. Will I go shopping? Will I cook something? What will I cook? All that. And it becomes really overwhelming at times. You know of what course. I mean? You're having a you're having a bleeding, but and your head's your head's just you can't understand what the because you have to think like the way my brain is programmed, it supposes that it, what's going on with all this anxiety and cortisol? Are we in danger? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, felt like the meditation and the journaling. It's just my way of saying, telling me head that now I'm not in danger. All is good. All is G. There's nothing to be worrying about, like you know. Yeah, yeah, and like I see that anxiety you just mentioned as well, like. Like that, I think my body or my brain or whatever it is, so used to being anxious in that state of fear and, and like something's wrong. Like I think I hope to God now I'm starting to change because lately it's like the physical anxiety is starting in the chest. But at a conscious level, my head is going, there's nothing wrong here. Do you know what mm. I mean? So like yeah. when the, when the, when the chest starts, usually the head will start going, what's up here? Like, and the, then the chest will start running with something and, it'll link in and I'll be bleeding bollocks like you know what I mean but lately it's mm. been like like there's nothing wrong here just relax breathe mm. take it easy and it, it is hard yeah. but like I think there's a bit of change for me happening in that area because my body's just used to being anxious yeah, and it's mad that, that, that whatever we're used to, we think it's normal. I, I felt like anxious. I was constantly anxious for years, and I just thought it was normal to feel in a constant state of fear and just constantly feeling like you're on the on the outside of the circle and just yeah. the odd one out. I'm just constantly feeling you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And it was mad. But yeah, it's funny that you say that about anxiety because there's something mad happened to me there. A few weeks ago, I bought like I bought this watch to help track me running because I was training for that marathon. 
And yeah. uh, so this watch really takes your, your heart rate in your beats per minute. And yeah. I noticed that me, I have a really low resting heart rate. Like my right. resting heart rate is 38 or something. Jesus, like that. Yeah. And I, so I Googled it. And I go, you know, Google, they only have a week to live. Yeah, so yeah, I'm there yeah. going, Jesus Christ, I'm freaking out, full of anxiety. And then I'm getting all the heart palpitations. I went to the doctor to get it checked out and all, and the doctor's done all these tests, and he's like, oh, no, you're perfectly fine, you're perfectly fine. And then leaving the doctors and being like, oh, he's wrong. Oh, I bet yeah. you he's wrong. Still Google thinking there's something else. Like, <laughs> mad. Look at our heads. Can... And it's that thing what I'm learning about as well, is don't conceptualise, visualise. <clears throat> conceptualise like living on assumptions, you know what I mean? That right, I think yeah. bad is going to happen, so it's going to be fact. But rather than, like, if you visualise, it's like saying, I assume that the bus is going to come at six o'clock. You walk down to the bus stop and it doesn't because you just assumed it. But if you checked it out and found out the facts, it's, it's really there. And that's what I found It's really helped me overhead. Because I've had that will always, like, pick out the worst case scenarios. You know, I remember a few, <laughs> few months ago then, my sister gave me three missed calls. And straight away, I was like, oh, Jesus, who's after dying? Who's after right, dying? Right, right, yeah. yeah back and she's gone oh, I was just close you see if you want to grab a coffee or that you know yeah, what I mean yeah yeah the worst think the worst <laughs> yeah think the worst I and mean, what a few good uh, abbreviations for that especially around fear I remember hearing someone say what does fear stand for is future events appearing real yeah. or false evidence appearing real so we're in our heads thinking the worst case scenario fuck everything never the case. and run oh fuck everything and run I face everything <laughs> and run that's an, and I hold them there for hope as well which is yeah. a hope Hold on, pain ends. I think that's really? I think that's really? awful. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, no, that's that's savage. So, what what's what are some of the things that you would like recommend for like people say high pressure jobs? How do you stay calm on that? Like, what are some of the things you recommend to someone to stay calm on that pressure? Like, could be for a college exam or in work or just in in social anxiety situations where you're just trying to keep your cool and keep calm and do do we are going to apply your trade or whatever it may yeah. be. I think, like, for all of the stuff you just mentioned there, Colly, I think, um, I don't think there's a quick fix for anything. I think you can prepare for things as best you can, like, if you have an event coming up. But I think, like, I think it's a lifestyle, isn't it? Like, you know, like, meditation, whatever, you're into, whether you're into church or whatever, like, um, I do a lot of meditating. Uh, I pray also as well. And that helps me, you know, like, I... Like that, I said, I said earlier, like I've spent years looking outside of myself, you know, I think yeah. the healing and all that, whatever I need is really inside myself. I just have to, I have to work hard to get there and uh, trust the process really, you know, so that's sitting with myself and that's meditating daily, sometimes two times a day, sometimes three times a day if I need, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I love that, man. Yeah. And then the simple things, colleagues, like eating well, sleeping well like i go to bed i'd be asleep <laughs> probably 10 half 10 every night and i'm up halfway to six o'clock in the morning you know what i mean so yeah eating well i eat like thank god i know what the right things are to eat i know through football like that like what i shouldn't shouldn't be eating and what i allow myself to eat at times as well getting a good night's sleep uh socializing with the, with the right people you know be around good people that are gonna bring the best out in you, you know, and that's, yeah. you know, these are all things that I, I didn't do for years. So I know, like, now doing them that they, like, they're so important for me anyway, like, you know what I mean? Because if I'm around toxicity and I'm in a toxic environment, I'll be toxic myself, you know what I mean? 
love that. It's all about what you rinse your clothes in, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that, man. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. And it is, it's all about catering for them, but their basic needs. It is, it's like the halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. You know, sometimes it's something simple the way we're off, and we sleep enough, and we yeah. eat well enough, yeah. and we exercise. Enough, rather than oh, it's because of this or it's because of that you know yeah yeah and that's life that's lifestyle like you know the, all of them things are in the grander scheme of life you know like you do them most days like you'll be all right like, you know what I mean? well, I, I'll be all right you know speaking of only yeah. and then yeah. pay, pain comes as well Carl, you know what I mean like I yeah, used to yeah. think I used to think, geez, if I do everything right, I won't ever feel pain. You know what I mean? But it still, it still comes and it still uh, lets me know that either there's something wrong or there's something I need looking at or, or this is just life on life's terms now, you know? So yeah. I, I'm quite lucky or quite grateful that I know that now. And that still, I could, be yeah. doing, I could be doing everything, ticking all the boxes every day, and I still have days where I'm not good in myself, you know? That's yeah, life. It is, man. It is. It's, it's important you say that. It is an inevitable... Suffering is an inevitable part of life. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a good reasonable to think that I'll constantly be happy and I constantly never get feel down or a bit of sorrow. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think suffering is vital as well because you talked about like your, your motivation to get validation and to be good enough and want people to like it. And what motivated you through that was that bit of pain or uncomfortability to say, right, I want to be better, I want to strive. And there was pain beneath that, you know what I mean? So pain can be a great motivator as well. But I yeah. suppose it's about yeah. not letting, I suppose it's how we react to it, you know what I mean? That like, yeah. when we feel anger, when we feel down, we don't try and avoid it. We bring it out, we bring it out in a day, you know, yeah. if we feel an anger. Yeah. We embrace it and in that dress. Would you wear that in dress? That, <laughs> we, we sit down and watch a bit of sex and the bit of pain. <laughs> <laughs> and the high heels. Bit of Ben and Jerry's, you know yourself. And uh, you know, and you know, that's embrace and make friends with. Don't don't react on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah. Don't don't react on how we are feeling. And that's I suppose over time there's a massive gap now between thoughts and actions that you you know like I'm not gonna make a long term decision based on a short short term emotion. Like, you know yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. But um no man, that's it's look at it's been it's been fucking powerful man. I really, really enjoyed that man. And uh, what then come here, just before we finish it, what would be like your your daily routine to kind of just give yourself a bit of Kind of set you up for the day. Yeah, my daily routine would be um, getting up in the morning. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I'd spend probably about a half an hour on average every morning uh, meditating and uh, and setting myself up for the day. You know, um, I would probably do some sort of physical exercise, whether it's a walk on the gym or or whatever it is like that so um yeah beautiful i feel man and the meditation for me is absolute it's one of the best tools that i've discovered you know what i mean like when your mind is just gone a million miles an hour and to be able to just meditate and it's just and what, what i find out it's not me that feels out self-esteem or feels anger or feels insecurity that's me ego and when i meditate man i'm i'm disconnecting and and, and from attachment and from aversion you know when i detach from ego when i meditate and just be in the present you yeah. know what i mean in the yeah. present moment and i find that like some days i struggle to meditate and yeah. you know me but just the act and the effort, like just getting in the right posture and things like that. And I find that good other ways, I suppose, of connecting is like being mindful, going for like a mindful walk, as you said, or being yeah. out in nature, 
or getting into the sea or just doing everything in, in a state of absolute presence when you're just in the moment taking it all in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We experience meditating every morning. We'll be usually a mixture of both. Sometimes my head doesn't want to let me enjoy it or whatever. And sometimes I'm quite uh, in a good state of bliss or whatever. But more often than mm. not, it's a mixture of both, you know, and I'm in a tug of yeah. war with my head, like, but no, yeah, that's, yeah. Like, that's really it, pal. Um, yeah, that's it. Like, a lot of time meditation, it's just, it's not about, like, getting, suppose, getting in this places, and it's just about noticing ourselves being distracted. Every yeah. time we know my thoughts going away, going away, oh, geez, what we think, thinking about having for dinner tomorrow, that I'm bringing it back, or what colour dress am I going to wear? <laughs> you know? so I'm, bringing, I'm bringing it just back, and I'm noticing my thoughts yeah, clouding yeah. away, and I'm just bringing it back to the, to the present moment. Yeah. You know, just little it's simple things like that. That's what it's all about, bro. Yeah, um, yeah. On, I really, really appreciate uh, you coming on and having a chat and show. Look, I might see you in the square sometimes wearing your pyjamas. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. That interview was with Kifahi, who's in the Premier League of Mental Health and is a clinical finisher when it comes to well-being and I hope and we said didn't cross the line <laughs> I'm sorry no more football related puns but um, yeah I really hope you enjoyed the podcast and if you got anything out of it or you were able to resonate with any of it or even if it brought anything off you and you want to have kind of a chat about or anything like that you can talk to me I'm on Instagram on Colin Doolan 91 or I'm on Twitter Twitter um, at the Soba Miss on the Twitter um, and Keith is at Keith Fatty on Twitter too if you want to say anything to him I thank him for the potty um, but yeah thank you for listening and I really hope you have a lovely gentle day and yeah I hope you got something out of the podcast that just to know it doesn't matter the career or the line of work or where you are in society you know mental health uh, can get you anyway either way uh, so it's all about just trying to find that inner peace and inner acceptance of yourself Um whatever they may be you know whatever way you can kind of look after your own mental health you know the analogy you've heard before is you have a bucket of water and that water is filling up and that water is essentially the stresses of say work relationships college society whatever it is and sometimes we can do little things with holes in that bucket it could be going for a walk it could be meditating it could be journaling it could be eating well sleeping well uh, resonating with the right people and uh, whatever well-being thing it might be and them little things puts holes in the buckets and kind of de-stresses us um, and yeah I hope you have a lovely gentle day and you're kind and considerate and full of self-compassion for yourself and for others and uh, I'll catch you on the next wave good luck <laughs> Don't forget the happy thoughts. All you need is happy thoughts. The past tense, past bedtime. Way back then when everything we read was real and everything we said rhymed. Why'd I kids being kids? Why did you stop? What did you do to your hair? Where did you go to end up right back here? When did you start to forget how to fly? Taste like gypsy.